Hello and welcome back everybody to the Dip Dudes podcast. It has been a little hiatus since the last episode, if mm-hmm. anyone has noticed. <laughs> a slight mm-hmm. break. I, I've been getting DMs left and right of people asking me where <laughs> last week's episode was. They've been worried about our whereabouts. <laughs> it's honestly annoying how many people have asked me. It's ridiculous. I wish less people would listen to this podcast. <laughs> my my daily life is being affected. I can't go anywhere without being noticed. It it does. It, I think it could even affect the market. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make sure that we're on a regimen so that you know it stays up. When when we're doing good, the market's doing good. <laughs> and you know who else commented on our hiatus? Who? Charlie Munger. Ah, uh, yes. Charlie Munger. Munger. <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway's right-hand man. I you know, it. Charlie Munger came out with uh, a man couple... looks like a snail, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there, there will be no Charlie Munger slander <laughs> on this pod. He is one of the world's greatest investors. He came out today with uh, some interviews, and people mm-hmm. wrote some headlines about what he talked about. Um, he talked about two of, uh, his biggest, uh, contributions to Berkshire Hathaway. One was really good. And one was quote, the biggest mistake he ever made. Holy shit. And guess what? Guess the stock that the dip dudes also may hold. That was also his biggest mistake he ever made. Hmm. It was Alibaba, <laughs> the stock that many people followed into, including the dip dudes. We did follow through. We were high on the China, and then... Uh, <laughs> we're high on the China. <laughs> we, they started started sending some balloons our way, and uh, no, it's been bad for like past like year and a half on Chinese stocks. So, so Charlie said, I regard Alibaba as one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. In thinking about Alibaba, I got charmed by their position in the Chinese internet and didn't stop to realize they're still a goddamn retailer. <laughs> which, was, which was funny to hear him say because you never hear him like cuss or like be overtly expressive yeah. about anything. They don't but, show uh, any animation. <laughs> no, this man is not very animated, <laughs> but he was animated about his loss. Yeah, I would be too if I am, honestly, after investing in Papa. <laughs> I know that their um their position was leveraged too, so it's not like he just <laughs> held a certain amount of Baba. Like they lost a significant amount. That's fucked. What was the what was the other mention of the stock that he said he did really well? The high? No, no, no. We're we're gonna get to that. But okay, first, okay, first, first talking about Baba. All right. So. Uh, his 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 mentions about Baba was basically that that he got he got lured into like the internet of it, mm-hmm. but he also blamed uh, the CEO of Baba Jack Ma, and he said it it was a uh, it was pretty interesting his um his his verbiage on here. He said it, it's like poking a bear in the nose with a sharp stick. It's not smart. And Jack Ma got way out of line by popping off the way he did to the Chinese government. And of course, it hurt Alibaba. So he basically blamed a lot of their their decline on the fact that Jack Ma 
like defied the Chinese government because he came out and kind of was against like their big banks and institutions and uh, uh bold strategy when you're yeah. entirely reliant on the Chinese government basically for yeah. your success. And being surprised that negatively influenced uh Alibaba stock, so Charlie Munger was rightfully uh pissed at Jack Ma, I guess. But um I don't you don't hear much about Jack Ma, but I remember when he was talking out against the You did the when Chinese... Baba was 200 plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I remember when he was talking about uh, the Chinese government, though, there was like a few weeks where no one heard anything from him and they thought like the Chinese government just knocked him. Oh, I but then, But that. then he came out a couple weeks later. He's like, yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> he just like didn't say much. But I don't, I don't hear much about him anymore. But definitely his outspoken... Uh, uh, sentiment about the Chinese government hurt Alibaba a lot, and that subsequently hurt um, Berkshire Hathaway's position and many others' uh, investor position, like like us. Yeah, that was brutal. I feel like it was like overnight loss. <laughs> like it just like it, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was pretty quick. Yeah, um, it never and, came uh, back. It never came back. And then it would like jump like 8% in a day. And we'd be like, is it? It's back, baby. It's back. And then like it would just be back to like it would lose that 8% over the course of like a couple of days. And it sucks because Alibaba as a whole like is a very wealthy business. And like there's definitely some value behind it. But when you see such a big investor like Charlie just be overtly negative about it even after such a large position like mm -hmm. it really is uh pretty, pretty puts a pretty big damper on it it seems like that dip is not worth dipping back into maybe he's trying to make it dip even more so it can <laughs> buy it back up again <laughs> the second biggest mistake i ever made <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of people thought that it was like amazon and they didn't realize how easily the Chinese government can just squash a distributor yeah. of goods <laughs> in China. I, I I could also see it being like 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 COVID in China never like didn't go away like it did elsewhere. Like they had a because they didn't like accept um, Western like vaccines. I'm pretty sure, and so they like are still having like rampant COVID lockdowns. So I wonder if that had an impact on Baba as well. But then you could look at like Apple. I know it's not really the best comparison since it's the most fucking bulletproof stock ever, but they were like also kind of hurt by those Chinese lockdowns with their production of iPhones and yeah, I mean, they've had to move most of their production, not most, but like they've been starting to move a lot of their production yeah. over to India. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think so, the yeah. entire Chinese economy is down because of the lockdown. Like, I'm sure certain industries, but I would say Baba's just as affected as anyone else. It's kind of like when, was it like FedEx or UPS had bad numbers and they're like, it was the economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not us. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> And I, I think that proves the point with uh, the other side. His his best investment in a long time was BYD, which is the electric car maker, 
domestic in China. Yeah, they've and... grown immensely, haven't they? What yeah, I was su- I was surprised to hear how early that Berkshire Hathaway invested in them. They invested in 2008, which was like the beginning of Tesla and like electric vehicles. Yeah, that sounds like, like be- a startup investment almost. A hundred percent. It just thankfully came to fruition. That's cool. Good for him. A little gamble, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Charlie probably never I does that. I didn't hear it. BYD. BYD? It's, it is the largest electric car manufacturer in the entire world. In 2022, they sold, what was it? Um, like 1.8 million vehicles. Well, let me see. Yeah, 1.86 million cars in 2022, and Tesla delivered 1.3 million cars globally. Was well, it because... They sell a lot of these to commercial, like commercial industries and stuff, or is it literally no, people it's, bu- driving cars? It's people driving cars. It's because the Chinese economy is super um, progressive when it comes to electric cars. Yeah, but still, there's a lot of competitors, aren't they? There In are China but BYD is- not. This is like, I mean, this seems like the Chinese Tesla sense of how old it is. A bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of the like. um, I wouldn't just say because of the same timeline. It's the same type of company or anything like that. I've heard of BYD, but there's a bunch of Chinese car companies that've never. I know there's like Neo, right? But that Neo only just like went public within the last like two or three years. That's true. I don't even know if Neo ever did anything. I think that was just like a fart in the wind. (laughs) <laughs> Kinda, yeah. It seemed nah, like it, it, it was just it was just one of the, the smaller electric companies. But um some more some more numbers I wanted to throw at you. So they started their position in BYD for two hundred and thirty million in two thousand eight. And Holy when BYD shit. peaked at its price, I think in like twenty twenty two, I believe, their position was worth nine point five billion. They went two hundred and thirty million to nine point five billion. Yeah, they're up fifteen hundred percent in their lifetime. That's <laughs> insane. Why did they? Wow. Do you know why they jumped like crazy in twenty twenty? I'm sure that's when they like really started gaining traction. Like that's when Tesla, um, really started to jump. Yeah, maybe just like that was like kind of when advancements in the technology made it so it was actually both profitable and worth it to buy an, an electric vehicle yeah i mean byd like tesla is seen as like a luxury brand and considering because byd sells cars from 15 to twenty nine thousand, so like it's really affordable and like Damn. the infrastructure in china kind of allows people to have like smaller commutes and like they don't need super long range evs so they just have like cheap batteries and like they just use these cars kind of as like high-end golf carts you know and that's why some people can buy them. Right, because of how dense their cities are. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought that was an interesting uh, play. I had zero clue that they had invested in 2008 in BYD. Like, that seems like such an early investment. Yeah, that's... Like, do they still, like, hold that? Or, like... They do. Apparently, they trimmed the position uh in 2022 i believe 
like 30% ish, but they still hold the majority of the position. Interesting. They're probably just doing that so they avoid like <laughs> being taxed on it so they can just like take more loans out, you know, based on their equity, but not have like any taxable income. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure there's some fudging of numbers around there. Some loophole. But uh, it seems like they were just taking profits off the table because like they have made an immense amount yeah, of money I mean, on that. Selling 30% of, what'd you say, like an $8 billion position? Uh, Yeah, $9.5 billion. $9.5 billion? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few zeros attached to that 30% sell-off. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was just interesting to hear him talk about two of uh, their main positions, both being Chinese, when Berkshire Hathaway has always been like, America always perseveres, invest in American companies, and you'll always win. That is, that like, is interesting. It's That's like the light and dark of the Chinese market of, you know, like you can either win big or lose big depending on the timings. True, true. It Did is. you guys hear um, about the YouTube CEO stepping down I, after like 25 years? That woman? I, What's I, her name? Yeah, I saw the headlines. Uh, Susan Wajikiki. I, I, oh, I don't yes. know how to pronounce her. Waj. But um, she's been the CEO since she's been with Google for 25 years. Um, and I yeah, think she's kind yeah, of a badass. Yeah, like she was like one of the early like members of Google, which is impressive, honestly. She was with yeah. The shoes CEO one of the early for members nine and years. That's crazy. Yeah, but like, what's when I saw that news, I thought for sure that would affect Google today, but it didn't really like affect it. I thought like, cause Google lately has been a little bit shaky. They've been bouncing around a decent amount. I think Google took a hard enough hit with their AI flop that like this news just didn't do enough. Yeah, like, they've that's been so hit, they've been stupid. hit hard enough. That's so stupid. I I <laughs> feel like <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like people are getting too hyped on the AI train a little too early. Nah, it's the future. I'm not like disagreeing with you, <laughs> but like I don't know. You gotta wait. But I don't know. I did find something about um, AI that I thought was interesting. I I found this. Um, it's almost like a, it's called Numer AI, all one word, and it's basically like a a crowdsourced hedge fund that uses AI prediction models. And this like company hosts weekly tournaments where users will upload. Um, They'll upload AI prediction models to their website, and the users can stake um, an, a certain amount of the crypto. Like this company made a crypto called M NMR, and mm -hmm. they set aside I think 10 million tokens just for the tournament, um, for distributing to the tournament. But the whole like purpose of Numer AI is they purchase like all the massive financial data that hedge funds use and what they do is they they give their users access to that and 
in return, the users then are incentivized to create these these AI models and upload them to try and like basically win money. I guess um, there's like uh, like a leaderboard for every week. And what Numera AI does is they take all these AI models that our users submitted and basically use an AI to learn all those models and create a a meta um like a a um a metal mo a meta model of all these user made ais and they then invest with their like meta model and the past 3 months they're up 26% and for frame of reference um S&P is up 3.5% in the past 3 months so how do I get in on these gains? Do, does their coin fluctuate at the percent that they're? That so they're, um... it it's a little bit weird. I I wanted to do more research on it, but I it it seems like a little shady, but at the same time not. Um, so Numer AI they do not share any of the profits that their meta model makes. Hmm. All they do is distribute those NMR crypto tokens to individuals based on how their individual predictions, um, how they fare in the week. They had to like make it so sketchy, didn't they? I know, right? But it's like, it, it's kind of a cool, um, it's a cool idea. They're, it it's, is, it's really cool. Their token's been around since 2017, so obviously yeah, they've been... Yeah, no, it's, it's been uh, around for a while. Um, I feel like I've heard of them. I just never really knew what they were. And I, th I think they have some ex-Coinbase uh, CEO on working for them as well. Mm. But yeah, so like when these individual users upload... So they don't upload their actual... I mean, let me think. They, I don't think they upload their actual like code. I think they just upload their prediction, and based on that prediction, is however much they like get back. And you can stake how much. Uh, you have to stake the crypto. Um, so like, I I couldn't find like a direct one to one. Let me see if there's like a so one m NMR is twenty dollars and eighty cents. It says um, right on their website that they've paid fifty-three million dollars to data scientists, which I'm assuming is through this through the tournament, through the tournament, yeah, through the yeah, cryptocurrency well, and through the value of their cryptocurrency, right? Yes. So when you stake, like if you go to their tournament page, it shows their leaderboard, and right now. They have roughly $20 million worth of their crypto being staked by people across 5,189 models. And like this is this is interesting. So you basically stake NMR and then based on how your prediction does you can either gain or lose value in that NMR and they'll give you like, say if you, um, I don't know if it's a direct percentage, their like whole payout system 
was very like convoluted it seemed like um it seemed like they were trying to incentivize people for not trying to withdraw directly um but continue to add their gains to their stake basically hmm. like i'm looking at this like is really cool or i couldn't either and it seems like <laughs> what so i was like reading like some forums and like different uh like basically user experiences with this and it, i saw someone say that the max payout per year is up to 50 grand um but it, what it it seems like it's almost marketed as something to do on the weekend for these data scientists as like um just entertainment almost and it, it's kind of like a, a a you win we win type deal where if your model is correct then you win more of the crypto that you just staked but then we also take that that prediction and and, and actually buy the stock in, and gain the in stock actually yeah yeah i i believe so huh And honestly, I'm looking at the chart right now for this for the coin, and it's it seems like it could it could be a little buy right now. Okay, well, correct me if I'm just like stupid or something, mm-hmm. but they're giving out the <laughs> the coin as a payment. Yes, right. That coin isn't worth anything. Yeah, that was definitely some criticism I was seeing as well as like. It's not really backed by anything, but no then coin is you backed could by make anything. this that case Correct. for any crypto, any NFT. Yeah. They're not. They're, none of them are backed by anything. It's all based okay. on buying and selling. That, that, that's not what I'm saying though, because they could oh, okay. give Bitcoin or Ethereum, but sure. they give their own <laughs> in-house yeah. cryptocurrency. The yeah. the Ralph's branded, <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's like Potato weird. Chips. It's it's like over like the the actual like, I guess project or hedge fund is like a very cool idea, um, but to the actual like making of money part is where it's like, well, what are you like, what are you actually doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Humor me for a second. The only reason that their cryptocurrency is going up is because of the popularity of this whole game, right? Which gives it value. Yeah. Which so then they can sell have out to, on this and make money. I think when they so that they set aside ten million NMR coins, mm-hmm. and they that is a finite number. They aren't mining more, so that's like there's there's not any more of NMR for uh the tournament payout i don't know what their total amount of coins that exist for numer ai but there's a finite amount of 10 million for the tournament and when you want to sign up i believe you have to buy nmr and i think they used to i think they used (laughs) to give out nmr for free to like get yeah up i'm and sure running. at some point right yeah i think in the early stage they they gave it up for free and then now you have to actually buy it 
It says that the maximum supply is at 11 million tokens, and they were initially going to do 21 million, but in 2019, they projected that they were only supplying half of that. So it, it's locked at 11 million. Okay. I, I I read 10, but like it would split hairs. Yeah. But yeah, it says on their website right here, one NMM, NMR equals about $20. Yeah. That's That's crazy to create like such an ecosystem within your own website. And this is just one example of that. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was just like interesting in general because of the whole AI craze. And this one's kind of been sneaking on the radar since 2017. But yeah, it's crazy. That like $20 million worth of their coin is being staked right now. And they do weekly tournaments. It it is a really interesting idea. It's like using democracy and like the power of the people to yeah figure out what's going. I, I thought it was really cool how their meta model basically takes all these other people's models and compiles it to be better. So it learns where these like user made AI is weak and makes it stronger by using other user AI or other user submitted AI tools. Um, so like the example that they are giving is like, if like one user's tool is really good at predicting say tech stocks, but then not really great at predicting say utility stocks. Um, if there's another user submitted AI, that's the inverse of that, where it's really good at predicting u- utility stocks, their meta AI looks at both of those and becomes better than both of those combined. So it's like always procedurally learning off of these people's user submitted uh, AI tools. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a crazy good idea. I would have to look more into it, but it seems like something we could come back to because... This is yeah, a pretty, I've been wanting to like, I remember uh, like a month or so ago, I was curious about like AI in the market and if there were like any apps or websites that use AI to like basically tell you what to uh, invest in. And it seems like a lot of the current AI tools out there are only there to help you create your own AI tool in like, you know, a, a, a fake market. I forget what they call it when you're just like a dummy account, I guess. Yeah. And then once you like kind of tweak your, your model and, and start actually seeing consistency, then you can actually take that and apply it to real money and, and actually buying the stocks. But I haven't yeah. seen, I haven't done a ton of research on this. So maybe it's something you can like, touch back on in a later episode but like i haven't seen any where basically they do all the work and i just give them the money and, and hope it works out you know what i mean true i mean usually a lot of the big head fund hedge funds will have like models and different algorithm algorithms like similar to this that they've been using for a while but this seems interesting because it kind of gives power to the people and like not having to have millions to go into a hedge fund. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, seems like one of their, like, I guess, core values is that they, they know that these big hedge funds have access to all this data that is not 
accessible to everyone. And so what yeah. they do is they th go and purchase that data and then provide it to these data scientists that are competing in these tournaments so they can create like really accurate and, and predictable models. Hmm. In other news, do you hear that Subway is up for sale? <laughs> no way. <laughs> what do a segue. <laughs> they have tons of AI. Spubby. I only want it if their sandwiches have AI in them. <laughs> Artificially building your sandwich based on your preferences. Yeah. You still complain about the bad tasting sandwich that you made. <laughs> and you know that they were never public? They're a private company. Never of... public, huh? I don't see um, a reason for them to be public, to be honest. I mean, with having so many... Uh... I guess like franchises like public and with a lot of their competitors are public yum foods um McDonald's. who does who does yum uh own that'd be a competitor of Taco, Taco Bell, Bell KFC are those competitors of Subway I guess I don't know I feel like Subway is in like that sandwich market with like the, Subway uh, is in that fast food market. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They try they to have... market themselves as like healthy and fresh. Jokes aside, not AI, but you think out of like any restaurant company, Subway could do automation the best, right? Like you only have so many sandwiches. Like you think you could make a robot that could just put what you want on the sandwich, toast it up, and like yeah, you could just you. have like a user interface where you just go and build your sandwich and then the fucking robot goes and makes it behind the counter. Yeah, I completely like recently, agree, actually. Recently, I've seen so many headlines about, like, coffee shops and stuff in Japan that have, like, automated robots. Like, there's only a, a certain amount of time before I've been saying that this happens. for fucking years. But it's like, that, that, that has to be most of their cost, is the human capital that actually makes the sandwich. Absolutely. Sandwich I mean, that's, like, a, almost every business, though. Yeah, but yeah, I do. I do agree. I've been saying for ice cream shops. I know no one listens to this, so no one's gonna steal mm. it. <laughs> but ice cream shops is the best place for that true. to have a robot make that. All you have to pay it's for like, now is freezer space, and you take yeah, away true. the human. It's like a, it. it's it's so consistent of what you're giving. You're just giving a scoop how, of a predetermined ice cream. Yeah. Exactly. How many scoops, what flavor you want. Yeah, yeah. Be, Whereas like with a, with Subway, it can be like, there's obviously more uh, details and complexities between making a sandwich versus just filling an ice cream cone with Yeah, it's got to be true. Subway does taste like shit. So it does. how much complexity <laughs> is really there? Well, I more meant and... complexity for like a robot to make a sandwich compared to just scooping a sphere onto a cone or into a cup. I'm pretty sure they have the most franchises in the world. Did you guys know that? Subway? I, I, I did know that. There's a Subway yeah. all over the place. They're they have 37,000 locations. They're, they're also really global, too. Like They have Subways mm -hmm. all, over the, all over the world. I think, I think they always get like massive celebrity endorsements, too. Of like, I think they had like Kevin Hart at one point, and like he Garrett. had his own sandwich, and it was like, have to go to Subway and get the Kevin Hart sandwich or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I 
there's <laughs> others like I, the I travis like, scott burger though yeah, yeah yeah i think they had like uh patrick mahomes too at one point they have like a ton of like you know those brand ambassadors I see you have a note on that they're planning on to remodel a bunch of locations. And anecdotally, the the subway next to my work just got remodeled like last month. <laughs> it, looks, it looks very modern and nice. It I forget. Don't you like have subway for lunch every day? You know, I I used to. I used to have subway a lot. Yeah. And then I I got pretty tired of it. I'm not gonna lie. Well, really, I got a subway gift card for Christmas, and I don't remember <laughs> last time I went into subway. So maybe I float that your way, and you can start going back. Oh. I'll buy the I'll buy the fifty dollars subway gift card for twenty five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's on it, but I didn't pay it. <laughs> so are uh, they IPOing? What what's happening with Subway here? No, you just said they're they're just being sold. They're yeah, they're just being sold. <laughs> they're selling the company. Um, this isn't the IPO game show, Manny. That was last. Oh, pod. sorry. The rumors <laughs> are it's going to be for around ten billion dollars, but that means that someone can buy them, like McDonald's, who yeah. you know bought Chipotle in the past, and various other companies could potentially now own the largest <laughs> franchisee <laughs> company in the world. Do they I don't even think outcompete uh, McDonald's in terms of like numbers of of franchisees? They do, but it's a completely different business model, right? McDonald's yeah. is focused on the real estate and um, I think blood-sucking a lot of their franchisees. And Damn. Subway, in a different way, is focused on blood-sucking their franchisees. Mm, you know? McDonald's, so McDonald's is The takeaway is, is they're just trying to blood-suck their franchisees. I, I don't hate franchisee markets, but I would step out there and say on the dip dudes podcast that <laughs> most of the big ones do just kind of suck off little guys that run these and yeah. even though they're making a lot of money those people work like <laughs> 12 hour well, days yeah, cause like on christmas when, you know when you're a franchisee owner like you incur all cost and like basically duties for that a lot of risk you're right. You, um, it's all the risk. It's literally all the risk. Like it's I not think all the, of it, but it's 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 usually the the bigger foot of it. Right? Yeah, sure. But like I, I think it's like I like I think I saw like it was like I want to say six figures just to be considered to become a McDonald's franchise owner. Yeah, you have to make a lot like, of just money just to give to McDonald's. Be like, all right, here's some money. Like, all right, like <laughs> give us more and. You can have the uh, this location, but like obviously ones like Seven Eleven have been accused of being like slave labor forces that <laughs> get their franchisees <laughs> to just work the front desk forever. But you know, other people like Chick Fil A are so great that they're on a lot of system and their franchisee owners make like a million a year. Um, yeah, there's a full range of it. I think that the one with the most franchises has got to have something wrong with it, even though they're doing something right. Um, they make a shit ton of money, so this is a great business to buy. But I bet it's gonna come with a huge mess. Ten ten billion seems low, considering McDonald's is at two hundred billion. Yeah. But I'm with you, dude. Subway here. Yeah. But would you ever compare I mean, Subway to McDonald's? Like, and I guess I would. I don't. And I don't. But you say you do. 
if if I had the option on a road trip, they're they're a flip of a coin. Really, I I think I'm picking McDonald's. <laughs> nine just out of ten. at her times. stupid opinion on food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, can we just turn into a, a food podcast? <laughs> Specifically, a fast food podcast, and which options we would pick. <laughs> I also saw this article, which I've been kind of um not guessing this, but it's. I think it's been the obvious sign of the market for years about people building up credit card debt and credit card default. Yeah. I haven't seen a dramatic swing in the real estate market. And we've raised interest rates for, you know, borrowing for home loans so dramatically that and people aren't even really buying homes anymore. I don't think that the ha- housing price is going to dip that much. And I think they're kind of going to remain the same because what people are going to really default on is not their home loans. It's their credit card their credit cards. <laughs> payments yeah. and like, like their every, car payments. Like every, every couple months, it always comes out and says like, oh, uh, uh, the world is at the higher, the United States is at the highest credit card debt it's percentage it's ever been at. And it just like always goes up and up. It does, I, obviously. I do um, have um, something to add to your real estate bit is I feel like maybe a reason why we're not seeing a dip in these prices is just stubborn owners. Um, I think a good amount of these homes on the market were bought as an investment and they poured in a ton of money into these houses to fix them up and try and sell them at a higher price. And by the time they get to sell them at these higher prices, no one wants to buy it. And they're like, well, I'm not going to eat this loss that I just <laughs> invested all this money into this house. Yeah, I mean, they probably also have locked in rates that are lower right now. So they're like, well, I might as well keep this at a lower rate than try to sell it to someone that maybe, a loss but like, yeah, have a no, you're, you're probably right. Because not, yeah, not a lot of people are buying houses nowadays just because of these crazy rates yeah i mean the buying has definitely gone down but i think i agree with noah that the prices are just going to remain stagnant for a little bit but do you think that there's going to be an inevitable you know dip in the market what would that be caused by like someone's gonna have to you know, a sector of the market going to default. To give. Yeah, so, something has to give. We we talked about this a while ago, but we talked about like the last leg the economy is standing on is like the job market. I think we'd have to see a dramatic loss in jobs for people to not pay their mortgage and then have to sell their house. Yeah, yeah, you know, and just all the layoffs don't so, matter. It doesn't affect it. I mean, honestly, the layoffs are kind of like within all of the super high-paid tech jobs and these people are gonna be fine yeah well i think that's not true i think this is just the beginning though (laughs) i think like the we may not be like he knows i'm right (laughs) (laughs) i think we're like we're going to see more layoffs especially more rate hikes me too i think there's gonna be more layoffs and yeah those in conjunction will bring down inflation I it's think just, people's severance packages are going to run out and they can't pay their credit cards anymore. <laughs> and yeah. It's and there's what, just like... I just saw it's at 20.5% in 2023 is what the predicted rate for 
credit card payments. Twenty percent. Imagine any fucking thing. <laughs> Do we know anyone that pays like their credit card rate? Like, I don't know anyone that actually does that. That's insane. I'll give Zach a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably definitely hit that a couple times. Um, yeah. I think. God, I can't. I can't imagine I mean, it's, paying twenty percent. It's easy for people to just like go Wouldn't over you... their credit limits and like spend money they don't have. You know what I mean? And it's what sucks is like it's these credit card companies are almost predatory about it because of almost. these like cr- crazy uh, rates and and shit and all the um, penalties that incur. I will. I will say a uh, member of my distant family there there recently came out a rumor that they tried to buy a new car and then the company came back and said that they have like 30 grand in credit card debt holy and shit. the and, and and the wife was just holding that back and didn't tell the Dude, husband that's fucking scary like that's crazy <laughs> this 30 grand accumulating at 20 percent i've makes heard me worried so many <laughs> stories like this <laughs> and it's super interesting because I think you're either on one side of the coin or the other. You're like, oh, I, I, I don't even get that. Like, how do you get into that? Or you're, you think credit yeah. cards are terrible. It's like a drug. You cannot use them. They're yeah, well, bad. yeah, it obviously depends on the person. Um, some people, like, know, like, uh, Sean, for example, my friend Sean, he, I don't think he has a credit card just because, like, he knows that he would maybe end up being like irresponsible about it and spending money start spending money that he doesn't necessarily have so it, it obviously depends on the person but sometimes I mean, it's, I mean, it's sometimes it's desperation you know what i mean yeah i mean even me that like i i pay mine off but i still buy stuff on it that like i wouldn't if i had to buy in cash you know yeah, like for I'm sure. I'm definitely it's, more liberal. Because it's with always it. in the back of your mind, like, oh, like you know, I'll pay this later. I'll pay it up next month. Yeah, <laughs> that, like I'm not paying it now. I'm paying it later. <laughs> like it, it, it for sure is like easy to do. I don't. I buy everything on credit. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Every so do I because I get the fucking points. They yeah, really there's, win. there's. It's almost like worse to not buy it with credit because you're missing out on all these you know cash back and shit like it's that. literally free money i yeah, literally exactly. swipe this little card like in the air and it just goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't even have to like <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> yeah but no i yeah. something has got to give and i think like more layoffs are going to come and along with with more rate hikes because that's like really the the two things that will help bring down inflation for this quote unquote soft landing. I fucking hate hearing that. <laughs> like just seeing yeah. like in in the news like uh, headlines like on like uh, like whenever I walk in the office and I see Bloomberg on the TV, I'll see every now and then like what does the Fed need to do? And then they'll have like quotes around it for the soft landing or something like that. It's so stupid. I don't want a soft landing. I just want to get to the ground again. <laughs> I agree. I have a couple of stories about gold, but I think I'm just going to skip them. I don't want to talk <laughs> about gold. Uh, I did, however, see a very interesting story on the creator of Wall Street Bets. 
His oh, name is... I saw. Isn't he suing someone? Yes, yes, yes. His name is Jamie Raganowski. Mm-hmm. And he apparently created Wall Street Bets two years ago, and he's filing a lawsuit two against ago? Reddit. Two years ago? No. I think you got that wrong. Two years ago. 2021? I think Wall Street's Bets. Oh, no. Been... Much longer ago. Nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> Read that wrong. But, yeah, sorry. No I had worries. to reread it. <laughs> no worries. Carry on. Um... But he's accusing Reddit of breaching contract by ousting him um, from being a moderator in 2020 and infringing on his rights to trademark Wall Street bets and other complaints. And if you've never heard of Jamie, that's probably because he (laughs) is not involved (laughs) in Wall Street bets that much. Like he was at the beginning. And, um, like this spokesperson for Reddit said, uh, it's telling that he's filing this suit three years after he was banned from Wall Street Bets, so long after the community rose in mainstream popularity without his involvement. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think he's been a like a part of like the mainstream rise of Wall Street Bets. I thought he like stepped away from it, um, a couple years after he started it. No, he absolutely is not involved. You are 100% correct. And he was removed from a moderator, um, and they pretty much saying that he's attempting to enrich himself, and this is another transparent attempt to enrich himself by suing Reddit. <laughs> and um, I think he pretty much saw the popularity of it and tried to do a cash grab. And I yeah, kind of don't prob- think there's anything wrong with that. And Reddit kind of holding him Why? back, like, I do what, think, is what a little bit... What does he have, like, that has any validity to his lawsuit not to the lawsuit that's probably bullshit like i'll give you that <laughs> oh, okay, um, okay. <laughs> but him trying uh, to actually get a little, no little it's not it's not because i think that he did have some he should have had some ability to use this as his own domain because he created it even though he created it on their website oh so they're they're like not allowing him to trademark wall street wall street bets yeah well they didn't back in the day and i'm sure he's still not allowed to you know right interesting and the timing kind the the timing kind of makes sense because there's been rumors that reddit is trying to set up an ipo yeah i i I heard about that i was going to mention it after uh this but yeah they we talked about it like a year ago i remember talking about a year ago they and they it, did, it they felt did. like around like Q one Q two is when we we heard about it, but it always falls it always goes away like it it'll be like oh Reddit my IPO at fifteen billion dollars and then what it's do just they like, need the money for uh, like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> to line the pocket they for want money what do you mean you don't want money <laughs> true. But nevertheless, I think that this guy's probably kind of an idiot and um, he's not going to win. But it is in the spirit of Wall Street bets to kind of. True. He's probably having some massive swing for the fences. Could you imagine like leaving something you created and it gets becoming one of the biggest subreddits? Quick. Yeah. Like a couple years after you. Do, Do you know when he left? 
like, oh, like a long banned. time ago before it even blew up that he got banned like th- oh, three years ago and it well three years ago is about when it started blowing up i feel like that's pretty fair honestly but he wasn't there through the yeah he wasn't there through it through through the, the blow up you get what i'm saying like yeah, yeah no, maybe no, he, I, I compl- he led to it but right yeah, yeah I, I i get what you're saying Okay, well, I think that's a, a nice short little Dip Dudes podcast. What do you guys think? Yeah. That's a little quickie. Yeah, I like the quickie. That was nice. We'll be we're back be, uh, next we're gonna week. We're going to be back next week with yeah, an extra long one. Next week with, one the, with the longer up. one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Same thought process. All right. Thanks for uh, listening to all viewers out there <laughs> or listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. All right. See you guys.